Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Life is a canvas. Listen as Dr. Allison R. Tendler and her guests paint the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders on her podcast, The Art of Seeing Clearly. Through insightful questions and thought-provoking conversation, Allison and her guests explore the essence of what it means to truly experience life, business, entrepreneurship, love, success, and even failure through a clearer lens. I'm your host, Dr. Allison R. Tendler, board-certified ophthalmologist, surgeon, owner, and CEO of Art Vision and Artisan Skin and Laser Center. I literally get to work every day to help people see better on the 2020 eye chart. But true clarity in life and in business often requires a slightly different kind of vision. I happen to have a passion for learning how other entrepreneurs and leaders find their clarity, and I want to share with you some of their secrets to success. Addie Graham Kramer is an award-winning, internationally recognized event designer. As founder and CEO of The Event Company, Addie leads a team of event designers and production specialists to create unforgettable experiences across the globe. Through their bold, intentional, and impactful work, they bring clients' dreams to reality. The Event Company specializes in corporate and social events, as well as several nonprofit fundraisers. Addie and her team are passionate about creating unique events and experiences. Addie, welcome to the Art of Seeing Clearly. So you've spent your career in development, sales, marketing, and you started your own company about nine years ago. Yeah. I believe it was 2013. Yeah. So what prompted you to do that and why the event industry? What was it? So I was planning corporate events with the Argus Leader many years ago and doing all their PR, all their event management, but also as volunteering at the American Heart Association. So my mother had heart arrhythmia. And so she had a pacemaker put in back, gosh, I think she was 42 years old. So I was volunteering time and doing all the things with them. But apparently I was such a good volunteer that they promoted me to an actual paid salary. (laughs) They didn't make you keep volunteering, right? Correct. So I ended up doing events with American Heart for many years all over the country. So I loved it and knew that I loved it. And I was talking to some friends back in South Dakota. Well, I was still here, but people would always ask like where your office is at. And I would say, oh, it's Allegiant this week or Delta this week because I'd be traveling and flying. So in talking to friends here, they were saying, why don't you plan events here local? So I had conversations with the CVB. I had conversations, now experienced Sioux Falls. Yes. Um, some chamber friends, hotel friends. And 
that's how it really came to be. Did research and said, why don't we just do it for ourselves here? That's how we got into it. That truly is is a fun history of, yeah. of the why. The interest in events, you loved it, but why? Yeah. So my mother, when I was young, planned awesome parties for us. Do you like planning parties? I am like, like the world's worst party. You are planner. not. Even at home? <laughs> I am. I am terrible. I do the cakes. I do the cookies. I bake. I do all that That's kind of stuff. Bad. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Am I supposed to have a gift? I'm so yeah. bad at gifts. I'm terrible at the gifts. I'm terrible at the creative process of a party. Yeah. Well, my mother was not. So she started doing them when I was young. You guys put someone like me to shame. Yeah. I tell my daughter, I'm like, we don't all... expect that from this mama here. We all have our strengths. <laughs> we all have our strengths. But so it started young. And then I always was all in like volunteer roles of parties and events. So it really started when I was young. And I had just found this passion of serving other people. And that servitude kind of led into the fundraising side of things and then the PR side of things. So we just really built our company around the premise of how do we be a part of all these lives? So whether it's a nonprofit fundraiser or a big gala or a corporate mm. conference, I mean, we've had events from five people to thousands and thousands of people. So our passion mm. really is just how to we, how are we a part of all these lives mm. that are being changed? We call ourselves dream builders on the team. So everyone is a part of all these little dreams that are taking place and happening. That's beautiful. Yeah, I get and we're to part of all of it. Build, build dreams. I get to help people. You know, my goal is seeing the world better, seeing yourself yeah. better, and you yeah. get to help build dreams yeah. in a whole, a whole different capacity. Yeah. And we love it. Clearly, I mean, you can tell that you um, love what you do. Anything else about your company that really fulfills you personally? Our like, team. So we have a hundred percent female. So between our full-time and part-time freelance staff, we've got so 16, 16, 16 ladies. Staff? Yeah. Okay. All local so, or do they work yeah, from all local? Okay. And, um, didn't, they all were not from here, but okay. all kind of moved here. Okay. Um, and we are such a tight knit team and my team, I would say is what gets us going every day. You know, we're part of building all of these experiences not only externally, but internally. So our role is really to serve our team as well. So I would say the team really is one of my most favorite parts of what we do and seeing them grow and thrive in the community as well. How has your team transformed over the time you started your business to now? What have been some trends that you might've seen with team members or um, culture, employee engagement? What? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about transitions that, that you might've like. seen from early startup to yeah. a little bit more advanced in your business. Yeah. So in the first couple of years, actually, I started the company on a Sunday night in my in-laws house, believe it or not, upstairs, two little boys running around. You, you did your LLC online, yeah, right? I did. <laughs> we were building a house. So I was in $50, between, right? Yeah, just $50, right? In between houses and my husband's a builder. So I did it upstairs on a Sunday night, pressed um, publish on all of the pieces. And that's how it started. So I ran the company for about three to six months by myself. And then we landed one client who brought us into 11 states. So into those one client, one client. what client was that? Larson Manufacturing. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we were in a lot of different states with them. So with that, we knew we need to bring a staff person on. So from there, you know, word of mouth grew. We've spent $80 in advertising since we launched our company because we're oh, bless so... bless your heart. Listen to this, everybody. $80 in advertising. It's because we're so word of mouth and we're so mm -hmm. relational in things. And so that's truly how it kind of started from the transition of zero to one. 
adding in another person and another person. We ran our company for the first probably three or four years out of 133 square foot office. And I had four interns Talk and about one low staff. cost of overhead. Yeah, correct. Correct. Wow. Yeah. So now, um, and we've always been in the downtown area. So we have now got 4,000 square feet and we've got all of us in that space and just make it happen every day. But it wasn't easy. I hired a friend at one time. I don't know if you've ever worked with friends before. I have, yes. And fired friends, which is not easy to do. Um, but I've gone through that once or twice, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So they're learning lessons. But from the time we've started till now, we've just seen such growth, really more so during COVID. So during COVID, right. when 12 million event people um, were out of jobs. That was, I mean, one of my questions, of yeah, course, was yeah. like, how was it to lead an event company through a pandemic? Yeah. And yeah. how did you adapt? So while all these people are out of jobs from concerts to venues to stage hands to event teams, our team actually grew 253% during that time frame because we latched on right away to our experience in the virtual field. Mm-hmm. So we knew how to do some of those elements, not to the extent of what we're doing now, mm-hmm. um, but we actually helped to train our production team on how to do it. And we were teaching people all over the country on how to do different things. So had you already started to enter that realm before yeah, the pandemic? Yeah, a few years prior to. Okay. Yeah. So you were already God thinking works about in it. different ways, doesn't he? And so I feel like I was very um, eye-opening to us to even get into that field. And it just... I completely agree with you. I mean, God kind of putting little nuggets into your head and you kind of, you know, sit and simmer on them a little bit. Was there anything specific that put that nugget into your head? Like a couple of years before, it's like, did you see something, hear something? What was it? One of our clients was using Zoom and I was like, before Zoom was cool. cool. Like, what is this? It didn't make sense to us. Um, so we were utilizing Zoom. We were bringing in um, speakers via Zoom as well into conferences. And that's just how it happened as a rural organization. There was, so they were trying to tap into some of those people, big speakers that perhaps didn't want to go to rural South Dakota. And that's how it really started. But we were doing like mobile giving, which I know you've probably done at events, yes. like text yes. to give and auctions and things like that. So we were doing these little virtual elements. But during that time, it was probably March or April Um, One of our team members said, let's just try this virtual piece. So our team dove into about 30 different platforms, researched the heck out of everything, what we liked, what we didn't like. And then we just dove in and just did it. So put ourselves out there. I spoke on a national platform um, about it because South Dakota, we were open, you know, so we could do events and we were kind of put on the scene, but people from coast to coast were reaching out to us from LA to Charlotte. We worked, had an event with Coach K and all these people. It was just it was a pinch me moment and kind of a like eye opening that, that we could is, do this. And that is and amazing. It, how did that change your, did that change your business or oh, change your philosophy yeah, or your, yeah. how did that, I how mean, did well, that change where you were heading? And then all of a sudden, okay, yeah. now there's this whole other different aspect. Yeah. I think from our side, we were in the process of slowly building in more processes then. And really a lot of process had to go on the back burner and it was mm-hmm. feast or famine, to be completely honest. It was working 20 hours a day. So, so busy. We didn't lay anybody off. We ended up hiring additional people, but then we didn't know if we would capture and keep those clients mm-hmm. because they were doing virtual only. Right. And some have trickled off, mm-hmm. um, but most have mm-hmm. truly stayed on because they could see the capacity of what we could do from events to logistics, to budgeting, to the graphics, to the marketing, to all those pieces, everything is all under one roof. So they could see the value of it. So we grew um, and really just shared our story and helped so many other people across the country by just doing that. That's all we wanted to do. It wasn't 
self-serving by any means, but it ended up allowing us to be able to grow and to help a lot of groups. Has that changed you professionally on kind of a little tangent where you're heading? Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Future, future ideas, thoughts. I mean, now you're, yeah. you're not, you're not local and regional. I mean, you'd already traveled nationally, but right, now right. you really have traveled yeah. and taught nationally. How's that changed yeah. you professionally? Well, we've got clients in 20 different States now, which is awesome and great, but I find myself trying to pull out of some of the day-to-day pieces. Mm-hmm. So, and really focus on the leadership part of it. Mm-hmm. So we now have a director of event operations. We're slowly mm-hmm. transitioning different things to as well. So I can get out and share the story more, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're talking and you speak to different groups, I mean, people latch onto that energy and want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I just love sharing our story. Mm-hmm. So if we've got that capacity to do so and make an impact, um, it's even better. Like we've had groups that have raised over $10 million in this time frame too, all mostly, to be honest, in this state. So from feeding South Dakota to cancer, to diabetes, to all these groups. So I always talk about events, you know, we're not a, we don't just make things look pretty, which that's what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a big impact in a lot of different ways. Have you seen the movie, The Wedding Planner with J-Lo? Oh, absolutely. So yeah. that's what people think we do. Who doesn't love that that's movie, what people think right? We do, though, day in and day out. Like we're in these mini skirts and headsets and doing whatever. And you've seen us on site. We do have the headsets. So that is true. But there's so many other things that go into it. And so I always tell our team, like, stand up and look at all these people that are there. Um, and we have an impact on all of those hundreds or thousands of people in just a small way. But it's on a big scale. So from a leadership perspective, I think that's where I'm trying to step out and let them lead now. How easy or hard is that for you? It's so hard. Yeah. I feel like I need another well, therapist and, and for still, that. Even with, a, with a small, I mean, with a small team, yeah. you know, how is this like, well, this person's used to coming to me, this person's used to, and you want yeah. to be available for right. it. So how, any, any tricks or tactics for those of us that are needing to move that way your company's growing a little bit larger you need people underneath you you can't always be that even though you want to right from our perspective i've been just focusing a lot on communications and letting them know that we want to be there we are a resource but it's time for them to lead Mm -hmm. and then also letting our leadership team lead as well so it's not Mm -hmm. just me on that team Mm -hmm. you know allowing them to lead and for them to grow into their role Mm -hmm. but it's easier said than done because i want to poke my head in and see how things are going and i do you know i see how things are happening but Mm -hmm. it takes a while we're still working at it every day Mm -hmm. but that's the only way that they're going to be able to flourish too as team members absolutely yeah what do you, you know, what's something you might look for in the people that you hire? For us, it's the servitude, yeah. like the servant, the mm-hmm. servant attitude part of it. Yeah. And you're beyond, so beyond skills, beyond yeah. this or that. Any yeah. special question is like your special, well, maybe you don't want to give it away. Like a special <laughs> question you might ask somebody or that they get asked, like, is this person fit a fit for us or not? You know, outside of the servitude piece, it's uh, a lot of the creativity. So we always ask one of my favorite questions and we're going right now through interviews, Allison. So we just asked this yesterday of if you were to host a dinner party, I should ask you this. If you were to host a dinner party, who would be the three guests that you would ask to attend and what would you serve? And they cannot be family. And it can't be Paul. It can't be somebody deceased? No. Oh. I know. Three people. See, I'm on the spot. This is really tough for me. Um, it Little did you be, know I'd be interviewing you it today. Would have to be, it would have to be. This is not fair, by the way. <laughs> Let's see. I think it'd be fun. We could mix them up. I mean, I always think like Oprah Winfrey would be really oh, yeah, yeah, intriguing. Yeah. I mean, so she would just yeah. be great. She, you know everybody would have a blast um let's put a let's put some kind of comedian in there somebody who's really f- like funny i think that could be a blast too i don't know who that might be um i don't know funny some people. some kind of fun comedian 
Um, and then you don't want, I mean, don't want too much political tension, but um, number three. I know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm happy just to get two. So, so what would you serve then? Ooh, that's that would the, stress me the... out. Um, but maybe just. Would you call the serve? Maybe, maybe just, <laughs> just give it. You know, I'm a big fan of Costco. So maybe I'm just going to go get some of that salmon on a little plate that and some cheese. Really and cheese great. and crackers and a nice little charcuterie board. Let's just keep it simple. So awesome. We're all going to eat healthy and, you know, so maybe yeah. overboard. And maybe like a little special one of my specialties is a uh, like a homemade oh, excuse me homemade angel food cake or something like that oh, just something yeah. fun and awesome. homemade yeah you know yeah but, those but, you know so costco it is today you can be sponsored by costco <laughs> absolutely here, here you go bro. <laughs> nothing nothing but the best for you um yeah we try to just engage them on that creative level just to see if they're a good fit for us as well because our job is so stressful like Huffington Post, USA Today have always ranked event planners like one of the top 10 most stressful jobs because we have so many different people we're dealing with, so many vendors. Like if you were to host a party, we would, might have to deal with five different food vendors or catering people or decor, and then we have to deal with you. So not deal, work, I should say, work with you, work with you, what? Allison. What? So I'm from so our difficult. standpoint, it's a lot of a lot of bodies and a lot of personalities, right? Yes. So for us, yes. it, it can be very stressful. So are you, did you start off being the creative type or did you move more into creativity or were you always more the organizational, both. like detail really, person? Really both, really but from, I'm very big picture and business, mm -hmm. very big picture and business. Mm -hmm. There's some detail pieces that I cannot do. Did anybody help guide you or help, you know, support you as you went through this to become who you are and have this business? Or was it something like, no, I've kind of naturally already always been this way. I think I've naturally been that way, but I found other, there's, I've got a couple of mentors in my life that I have always looked to for guidance. One helped me push me out to where I am today. She was in the mm -hmm. hospitality industry mm -hmm. um, that kind of gave me that nudge. Um, but otherwise I feel like I've always been, I'm a firstborn type A, yeah. let's get things going, activator, all the mm -hmm. things. So I feel like I've always just been in that capacity. Do you feel like this might be a little hard for you to answer? It would be for me, but do you feel there's something about you that, you know, cause you are type A, you're vibrant, you are out there, you're smiley, mm -hmm. you're leading this company, you're leading these events, you've got this great team. Does that ever become intimidating for anybody? Or do you like, I don't know. Do you know what? I've had people say that before, but I don't know why. I, I'm, I'm just yeah, like, but people have I'm said like, that before. How am I intimidating? Yeah, I people have said that before. And but, I've had some young females, so I... Or or just, you know, female entrepreneur, yeah. they might be like, oh, that person... That it's not attainable. Really? So one yeah. one young woman just recently said, like, I could never do what you do. Like, you're, you're way up there. I'll never get to where you are. And like, no, we don't talk like that. No. Like, you can. Yeah. But I don't know why yeah. um, people feel like that. But I have had people say that before. Yeah. I, I don't know. And maybe I just give off those vibes. But I, that has been said. Or a stressful moment. We give yeah. off vibes that we don't, yeah. you know, just in the moment. <laughs> so tell me what's, um, like, one of your biggest, if you had to pick a nice learning moment for yourself or on another way, like a foobar for an event that happened and how you overcame it from a little, a little like a foobar somewhere that happened <laughs> in one of your events. Maybe you're none of your guests noticed, but well, like, I will tell you oh always gosh. bring up, bring backup clothing is now like our number one for myself personally. And the team knows that. Um, I had a dress catch fire one time at an outdoor event at the Secretary of Ag's house. It's a movie whose, you know, someone's dress catches fire, right? I watched a catering team and all of a sudden it was on fire in the back and I had no idea. So I did not have a backup. Was that part of the event? It was not. I was not the entertainment that evening. <laughs> um, so that was a big mistake. 
Uh, but always bringing it back up. I think that's my big foobar moment. But oh, I think great. a learning opportunity that's for great. me is I've learned to trust and engage other people in my circle that are unlike me. Because so many times, if I'm mm-hmm. with certain people of certain personalities, mm-hmm. they just tell me I think what I want to hear, or we relate so well. Mm-hmm. So it's when those people challenge you mm-hmm. and push you. My husband is one of them mm-hmm. uh, in a good way. Uh, but that I think I did not learn early on, and I wish I would have of not running in the same circles of people. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It or is that make yeah. sense? It does make sense. Yeah. Because that is going to get you out of your own way of thinking, or yeah. we get, you know, we, we do a lot with disc assessment yeah, yeah, in our office. Yeah. And so we all kind of know what letter we are right. and how we respond and our stressors and our motivators and yeah. that kind of stuff. And you do, it's like, it's, you get in easier to communicate with this, yeah. you know, certain, certain area versus another, but right. you're right. I think that pushes you even more. So speaking of family, both you and your husband are business owners, we correct? Are. Yeah, we are. So that being said, I mean, how do you guys make that work? Do you guys have any secret of success for making, you guys are both, both really busy. busy. You've got yeah. two sons. Yeah. Um. So do you have any like special secret of how you do you? I think our communication is pretty spot on. Sometimes I don't listen. Probably the best is if he's he'll listen to this and be like, really? Um, so sometimes I don't listen as well as I probably should, but we talk a lot about who's taking what child here, who's yeah. doing what anywhere or taking somewhere else. So I don't think there's anything secret about it. It's just communicating, but you know how people ask you like, what's your work-life balance? Like, and I I'm say, not there asking isn't, that, I know, good. Yeah. But it's not there, isn't one. there isn't one, right? It's, it's like, like so when just, you have to do what you yeah, need to exactly. do to so like cool. if he goes to Costco on Tuesdays and I do this day, this day, you know, we just figure out what works for us. Yeah. But one thing that we both started early on is our offices are closed on Fridays. And so is his company, um, unless we have events. Um, so we really try to take that time with kids or going to the lake or doing whatever, mm-hmm. just so we can be together. And I think that's been a really nice positive piece the last nine years is so we can focus and really look forward to those days. You know, our job, if we're on site at an event for 10 hours, 12 hours, we need that time off. So it evens out throughout the rest of the year, um, but that we cherish really well. So making sure that you both have that time off at the same time. And like, we'd like to do this together as a family and a couple and just get away. And then we take the last two weeks of the year off every year. Okay. We just close up and we go. So even though it's a great time for certain events, yeah, right? We're out. But the last two weeks of the year are mm-hmm. very important to mm-hmm. us. Yeah. I think those things are healthy, setting those boundaries, yeah. knowing when it's like, no, this is this won't work for us. And yeah. it's like, it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. That's how we're going to do it. It's hard to tell people that sometimes, but I'm sure. Yeah. But it's you how you're going to run your business. Exactly. And it's also what you want for your life. Yeah. And exactly. to keep you happy right. and and, yeah. and vibrant and going. So getting back to your boys a little bit, my yeah. my question for you on that, how, you know, how do you, uh, being entrepreneurs, what are some skills or lessons you might, you know, hope to instill in them that when they get to be older, like, hey, I want them to have gotten this from you. Yeah. One of the best things, it was when William, so William is now a teenager. My goodness, I feel old that I have a child that's a teenager. But he said in one of his stars of the week at school that my mommy plans parties and helps people. So again, it goes back to that servant attitude mm. and that servant piece of just mm. giving back. They've volunteered at events with us before. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of things in the community as well. Mm. Um, at Christmas time, we go do little cookie drops to different firemen throughout the city. So it's that servitude to their community. Mm. I want them to have. Mm-hmm. I had that growing up. I know my husband had different pieces like that. So mm. it's that give back piece that not a lot of people, I think, take the time to do. They do themselves, mm-hmm. but maybe not instill it in youth. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important for them is that servitude. That's a beautiful gift. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. We were talking recently about 
things that are unknown that our parents might have instilled in us that we didn't realize were gifts Mm -hmm. that can actually be gifts Mm -hmm. um, in the long run. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those experiences help guide us in ways we never even knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but our parents help set that up. Yeah. Sometimes that can both be, you know, on the good or, bad. good or bad. I see my yeah. mom and dad, like my mom and dad still hold hands to this day. Oh. So like that love is so awesome to see and yeah. just how much they admire each other and care for each other and, and respect each other. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's those little things that you don't realize, mm-hmm. right? Like you just said until, mm-hmm. until you're there. What's been, you know, of all the projects you've done, I know this is a question, but what, which is one like, Hey, this is one that was really memorable, you know, really memorable for me. Um, interesting. Okay. Yes. Your dress caught on fire, but in, in some way, like, was yeah. there anything that's like, this was a really amazing project and it could be for any reason. Like, yeah. what would you say? My biggest one was when we hosted, so we've been a part of the South Dakota Cattlemen's event. It's a mm-hmm. big gala. Mm-hmm. They do a big concert um, and they've raised a little over $2 million for feeding South Dakota. So it's a small nonprofit, hundred percent volunteer driven raising money to help provide protein to those um, throughout our state. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, I remember a time it was, we had Toby Keith concert, our country guy was here. Yay. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) But I remember getting on the stage and telling our team members to stand on the stage and just look out, look out and see 10,000 plus people that are here tonight because of things that we were a part of. Not that we led all by ourselves, but we were a part of it. And that almost brings you to tears and kind of gives you goosebumps because those are things unlike anything else. And to say the impact again, the servitude piece and the impact. Um, but that event and that particular year, I will always remember of seeing all those bodies in those seats because of what we helped create. I think that's really wise that you had your team mm-hmm. stand up and really take it in mm-hmm. versus just being yeah. the go, go, go. We're going to yeah. get this event. We're going to do this yeah. and actually sit and like, look at this team. Here's, yeah. here's something right. that, that yes, we're, we didn't do on our own, but right. we like enjoy this moment. Yeah. Cause often we do big events or you go, have, go, go. even if yeah. you have a, a, you know, I don't know, a wedding is yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, the wedding's over. Okay, great. Yeah. You know, yeah. move on. Um, right, right, right. so yeah, that's every really year, so every year we're backstage before we do this big check presentation to feeding South Dakota, whether there's 6,000 or 10,000 people. Oh. So every year, different people typically come backstage and go on stage itself okay. with me okay. and to see that. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Speaking of being on stage, you know, you've been in front of audiences, yeah. speaking, managing, directing your team, and you seem to be, you know, pretty natural and comfortable being in front of of people. But not everybody's that way. Mm-hmm. So, for let's say female entrepreneurs coming out and about who are really wanting to maybe grow their personal brands, mm-hmm. do you have some tips? Like, how do they get themselves out there if that's not their natural? flair. That's not their yeah. natural tendency. I'm not comfortable being on stage or promoting myself. Right. Any, I would say think advice? about what you want people to talk about you. Like, how do you want them to talk? And what's the chatter that's going to be created outside of the four walls, right? Of you, your brand, what you're creating, what you're doing in the community. What does that look like? And I think if they can envision those, those pieces and act that way, talk that way, be that way, uh, it will be replicated out in the community as well. But it takes time to build that personal brand, as you know. Amen. I mean, I was um, going to just say yeah. it, it takes time. Yes. It's not easy, but you also have to practice it daily as well. What does that mean? Practice what? Your practice brand. Your I think brand. your brand. Yeah. Practicing your brand. 
And I think uh, I said this conversation earlier, not with, with you, but earlier this week with a, an individual where I said, it's not like I, our job is very public as is yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's not like I would be tipsy down Phillips Avenue because that would not be good representative of my brand, correct? Mm-hmm. As as well as our team members. So it's practicing our brand every single day. Whether you're brand. actually at your working environment right. or you're just right. out, out in the community. Out. Yeah. Who is this person right. even outside of there? Correct profession or the employment because that still personifies your brand very wise practicing it every day I love that I love that um so you talked about a mentor um who's who's somebody you might like hey I learned a lot from this person Sarah Mogg is a dear friend so she used to work for the head company's team uh I've been very close with her over the years and I think from a hospitality standpoint she has taught Mm -hmm. me a lot um from a slowdown perspective has taught me a lot I feel like the go, go, go is inevitable being a business owner, a mom out in the community. Do you get bored if you have to sit still? Yeah, I'm not good at that. I'm not either. No. You're going on vacation. What kind of vacation would you go on? None. (laughs) (laughs) Where I can do things. No joke. So like people are like, oh my gosh, you have this day free. I'm like, can we go kayaking? Let's go hike. Amen. We're going to high five here in this room. Because I'm like, my vacation is like, I'm so tired when I get back from vacation. I'm ready to go to work. I love adventures. I love those things. But yeah, that's my vacation. Where's Where's your past adventure been? Where's a recent past um, Well, adventure? we were in Chicago for work a little bit, but just this last weekend, we took our boys to Minneapolis for the weekend. And it was so fun just to get away. Nothing too exciting. So speaking of kind of, you know, getting into backing away from work, or yeah. but we're still just, you know, kind of the personality is very right. busy. What do you do yourself to, I know, and this kind of goes into the art of seeing yourself better and the world better. Yeah. What do you do for Addie? Like, hey, this is how I decompress and this is what feeds me so every monday wednesday sunday i have a trainer that i work out with every week sunday is not but monday wednesday friday so it's on my calendar my team can attest you like to work out i love it yeah so it's on my calendar the team knows that but i also meditate so i've been meditating almost consistently every year since 2019 or every day since 2019 so i just i track it and i just skipped over my 54th week of consistent meditation and i missed i I know i missed it i'm so competitive that's one of my strengths but i missed it so i missed one week of not meditating or one day so i wasn't on every single time but i have 54 weeks of consistent meditation so, so that does, is yeah, a big part of my yeah. life in the mornings i do meditate a lot okay. yeah and that you do like you know we know that unless we plan things they're not going to happen right so are you very regimented with that yeah. schedule to make sure that you have yeah that that yeah. time yeah for you mm-hmm. and the team respects it too Mm-hmm. So they understand that meetings shouldn't be scheduled until 930 on these days. And mm-hmm. yeah, very consistent with that. And there's nothing wrong with running your 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 business to help also help right. fulfill your life. Yeah. If I'm not feeling good, the team may not be in that same vein. Mm-hmm. If I'm not a good leader for myself. I can't be for them. So what do you so, think something that's, that you have learned that's helped you be a better leader? Not to say no. To Are no. you good at saying no? Um, I'm good at boundaries. Okay. I'm good at boundaries. I always feel like I know when yeah. something's going to be too much for me mm-hmm. or it's really not going to bring me. And that's gonna, I don't want that to sound selfish, but yeah. I, why do we worry about saying those things? Right. But is it going to bring me joy? Is it not? Is it right. going to push me beyond my brink? And then I'm going to be then unhappy and those around right, me right, right, right. and I'm just going to go to this. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. I, it took me a while to get to the, the power of saying no. Mm-hmm. And thinking about if I say 
yes to these and it's no to my children. Yeah. If I say no to them, then it's, you know, so it's just kind of learning those pieces, not necessarily mm-hmm. the boundaries piece, but more of the no mm-hmm. part. So That's I've had to learn say, that. Yes. If you're going to, if you say yes to something, it means no to something else. Yeah. And what does that mean? Right. And there's a right time and place mm-hmm. for every yes and yeah. for every no. Yeah. I wish I had a better, I wish I didn't care as much. That would be, you know, I just have such this heart, right? To like help everybody and do all these things. So sometimes it's easier said than done, but practicing the power of no is pretty powerful. I think that keeps you strong and it yeah. makes you a, a stronger leader. Um, not just for your team, but for right. the community and what you're yeah. trying to really right. get out there and do. And I just love the why behind what you do beyond just an event. It's like yeah. we are doing this to serve. Right. So yeah. I'm going to say, Addie, thank you so much you're today so for spending some time with us and allowing us to learn a little bit about the the background of who this amazing, I would say forceful yet inspirational thank you. woman is in, in our community. And thanks for all your tips for our listeners on business and hope that some of the things that we've said today can help somebody else. Thank you. So. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.